Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Oh What A Night, off the back of a beautiful special evening at Turf Moor. You join Hunter Godson, Dan Kilpatrick, Jude Summerfield and me, Ben Haynes, as we dissect the good, the bad, the ugly and the beautiful from Spurs performances against Burnley, but also a fairly decent night in the Europa League as well. But I think we're mainly going to stick to that that 1-0 that probably felt like the most turgid, flat, but at the same time, perfect 1-0 that you could possibly get at, at Turf more considering the style of football. So, um, firstly, let's just break it down a little bit before we dissect the good and the bad. Um, what did everyone think of the game? I, I sort of, at, I felt like we were losing 0-0 mm-hmm. at half-time. Did anyone else feel like that? I, I tweeted something similar. I said this, that having watched uh, Arsenal-Leicester the night before and feeling like it was a more of an inevitability that Jamie Vardy would come on and score. I just felt like one of those long... And they who are just have, long balls Who did you up. have on the coupon buster? Oh, of course, it was Ashley Barnes, especially after the, the little elbow. I was like, there's no chance this guy isn't scoring and then shushing an imaginary away end or something like that. Like, It just felt like it was written in the stars, but it wasn't to be, which is lovely. Yeah, particularly once Toby had the big bandage on. You know, I always think off the back of putting a bandage on, you can't then concede. You've got to go full Terry Butcher and kind of like actually see it out. Um, Dan, I'm going to come to you last because I know you've got hot takes galore. Uh, Jude, give me uh, your was... give me your your steer on it. Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just a bit of a wreck for the second half. I, I had to race home from. Uh, I was at I was at Brighton. Um, West Brom, which was another terrible game um, <laughs> yesterday. Um, I had to race home to get back for that, and just oh, I mean, it was one of the worst things I've ever watched. And like, I watched all the Saw films when I was about thirteen. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it was right up there. But then it you went just down get... after it went downhill yeah. after Saw One, didn't it? It really did. Yeah, <laughs> let's not get into that. Let's, yeah, that's a, that was a weird phase. Um, let's go past that. That's um, a different podcast. Yeah. That's a different podcast. Yeah, that's... can't wait um, to start that one. Though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, but they got that ratty goal, and you know that's that's the only hot take I have from it. It was just nice that they won a scruffy game mm. um, after those Newcastle and West Ham results and mm. the Everton game. Yeah. It is weird, isn't it? You sort of think um, that winning really, really, really ugly, there was less to sort of stay that was positive. I mean, it's great that we won. There's less to kind of get your teeth stuck into and go, God, wasn't that great? Wasn't that great? Wasn't that great? Than the game against West Ham when we chucked it all away within the last 10 minutes. So, Dan, I suppose that leaves you in a bit of a pickle here. It's almost win well, ugly. Well, I think there was... Or- well, I think there was lots to, to learn from that game. I think it was like a really important reminder that Jose Mourinho is still Jose Mourinho. And, 
he is still the guy managing Spurs. You know, it was kind of a reminder that a leopard doesn't change its spots. And I think after all these crazy wild games and Spurs scoring, I think 19 in the previous four fixtures, it was a kind of caution, containment first night and an approach. And I don't think that was the best way to go against Burnley. Mourinho really did treat them like kind of peak Atletico Madrid, which I thought was a, a little bit odd. But then we've got to remember that is Mourinho. And I think it was a, a, a really useful demonstration of all this stuff he's talking about um, in regards to balance. You, you'll, once you look out for it, you'll hear him say it in almost every interview now. He says, you know, we need to find a balance. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a useful kind of tidbit before the game where he was asked if Spurs were on a par with his record-breaking Real Madrid side. He scored 121 goals in La Liga and he he basically said no, that they're not because we're still trying to find the balance between attack and defence. In, in other words, I don't really trust my team to attack without conceding a lot of goals. And I think you saw that at Turf Moor. He really didn't trust the players to, to play to their strengths. He didn't trust kind of Spurs to go forward without shipping silly goals against Burnley effectively. Um, mm. And so that was reflected in, in, in the way he set the team up and the way Spurs played. Um, I don't think it was the best approach. I'd like to see Spurs play to their strengths more in that kind of game. But ultimately, it was a really satisfying win, I think. And mm. it's a kind of a moot point now because it's job done. It, I suppose, Hunter, it's the same point that we've made when Spurs have played that exact game and lost. If you play that game, you must win. Yeah, it's absolutely fine. Margins, We look. you said it before, I think, many times that... That, you know, if if Spurs lose that game one nil, uh, you know the pylon would be intense, and and the questions would be asked as to why the, we decided to play that that style of football and why we we decided not to play arguably our best players. I think I think a lot of people now would say Regulon has to start in the Premier League and Ben Davis can start in the Europa League um, because because we lose a certain balance if we if we don't have an attacking left back we go back to relying on and we did it a lot last night the high right back um <laughs> which we've spoken about before which is a, just an antiquated attacking friend, system right. <laughs> welcome back our friend and, 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 and what, like dan said it's all played into their hands because it meant that the ball was going out to dotty a lot and we he, he was putting a cross into essentially kane versus three massive center backs um so yeah, it's it's a game of fine margins, but you know he gets the win, and and this game will be forgotten so quickly in the, in the grand scheme of things, especially what? when we've got Europa League <laughs> on. <laughs> <laughs> what a yeah. Is it? It's I. Do you know what, mate? That's couldn't I? Absolutely spot on. I mm. I thought the moment that the game finished, that is just three points to me and nothing else. That's <laughs> just three points. Another another really nice uh, moment where we got to see uh, two of the best link-ups, two be- of the best players in a, in a front two or three that we've ever seen link up again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also we, we won ugly and off the back of the West Ham and the Newcastle games, perhaps that was kind of what the doctor ordered a little bit. So let's, let's, let's go in and break it down. Let's do the good bits first. So I suppose number one, and I think we've alluded to first and foremost, Jude, is We've won a game that in the past we wouldn't have won. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just nice that they've sh- they've shown a bit of steel at the bat there because that was their, that was obviously their first clean sheet of the season, and I did not feel particularly um, confident about 
having players like Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood just throwing their elbows around for 90 minutes. I just, I did, after seeing how Spurs capitulated against West Ham, I did not think either, well, whoever played in defence was going to be up for it. But, um, but bloody hell, Toby was brilliant. And, mm. um, yeah, he was very good. Yeah, second game in a row they've had someone uh, all bandaged up and Terry butchered, so to speak. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean... They missed his face though, didn't they, Jude? They missed the they cut. Did. <laughs> yeah, they did just the cut. <laughs> it just kept bleeding. Yeah. It? It, was a bit, it was really strange. Uh, I didn't get that. Mm. Um, just throwing that bandage around everywhere. It was literally <laughs> everywhere but the cut. Yeah. It was <laughs> did you yeah, notice, it Jude, that, they, that when Spurs... So if we had an attack and we went forward or we had a corner and we went forward... If Burnley cleared it, the entire team reset before we tried to play football again. Mm. So we literally, it, it would go back to out of Viro at the back or Eric Dyer, who'd be the furthest player back, perhaps. And instead of them looking to ping the ball again, they'd wait for everyone to reset and for Hoybier to get back into DM position before they started really, really slow, methodical possession. Did you see that? <laughs> Yeah, that was quite. That's quite a containment strategy, though, isn't it? I mean, it's just setting yourself up so you don't do anything particularly stupid, I'd imagine. Mm. Which is um, what Spurs have done recently. Yeah, <laughs> there was definitely there was a there was room for the central midfielders to be more ambitious in where they picked the ball up. But uh, I, yeah, I think that the game plan was to exist without without conceding for long periods and then and then try and push on in the last sort of 15 and 20 minutes and then when we got the goal it became it became because I mean Burnley's game plan didn't change for 90 minutes it was high long balls up to and play off the front two which fine it works for them they wanted corners they looked dangerous from corners they wanted free kicks which we one positive we didn't give them any we we barely gave away any silly free kicks around you know those areas on the touchline where we've been giving away free kicks at the moment. So, yeah, I don't think I don't think we can be too critical um, because of the win. <laughs> but like you said, Haynes, if it was the other way, like you never know. I, I, I think I'm the good in... thing for me is Go just on, that Son and Kane are now so good. Mm. Mourinho can just play like that and rely on them to pull a rabbit out of the hat. They they are so good that I think that was a huge part of his game plan. You know, just contain and hope they do something special, and it really wasn't looking like they would, but they did. Mm. Um, and it was all about you know the, the the quality of that header from Kane. It wasn't a great corner from the matter at all, really. <laughs> and then the sharpness of Son at the back post. And I think they are just two of the best forwards in the world. And Mourinho can kind of set up like that, not create anything all night. You know, I mean, at all. But then still rely on them to to pop up and get the three points. So I mean they're just so great right now. And it's such one a small asterisk though, Dan. In the team, mm. your your man and Dombele did create a really nice chance. And I actually thought low key he was sort of one of the few players that was managing to make that uh, that forward surge. You know, and we saw a bit of an injection of pace from him yesterday. It looks like his fitness just keeps getting better and better. Mm. He looked. Yeah, like, I mean he, yeah. he he was he was good and. Everyone was talking pre-match about the kind of full circle redemption story because Burnley was definitely his lowest point last season, wasn't it? When he was hooked at half-time and then criticised by Mourinho afterwards. And I think in the first minute, he, he earned the yellow card with a quite a cute nutmeg. And I thought, mm. you know, this could be 
a really great night for him. It, it wasn't quite as, as dazzling as it threatened to be, but yeah, he's he's obviously a big positive at the moment, mm. getting better with every game. He he looked like he knew that 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 he'd had a stinker at Burnley. That's that's what he looked like—a man who wanted. He was pressing quite hard the pitch, which which I don't think I've seen him do that often. He was he was the furthest forward at times, pushing right onto the defenders and. Um, that through ball to Son is why you keep a player like him on the pitch. It was perfectly weighted. Son took one too many touches, I'd say, he needed to sort of hit one earlier. But I, I, I st- I'm still so keen to see him and um, Lo Celso in a game like that with Hoiberg behind them because I, th- I genuinely think they can they can pull teams apart um, playing together. I think we're getting into interesting Dembele territory as well with Ndombele already over kind of whether he should play deep or a bit more advanced. And that was always the kind of question about Dembele. Do you want him beating those players in the final third or do you want him kind of resisting the press and picking up the ball from the centre-backs? And obviously eventually Pochettino, after some flirtation with playing a bit further forward, settled on him being deep. And I think Mourinho is going through the same thing at the moment. Mm. He pr- probably doesn't quite trust him in front of the back four, but I think that's where he should play. He's picking up the balls from Dyer and Toby and just kind of wriggling out of these tight holes. And, it, and again, it feels like a kind of trust thing with Mourinho that he, he still wants to play him a bit higher up the pitch where he's a bit less of a risk. But I think ultimately he'll be so good just mm. kind of shielding next to, to Hoiberg and... and Sadly, that would mean the the <laughs> end of Moussa Sissoko as a, as a mainstay. But I think that's what Spurs should be doing. I think Hoiberg had a quietly a very solid game again. Just, uh, I honestly in games like that, I I think I notice him more in just sort of breaking up. You know those balls that were knocked down from Wood and Barnes. I just know you, he just seemed to be there, even if he wasn't winning the ball. He was on the shoulder. He's very good at getting his arm in front of the player. He's just an absolute nuisance, and he does it. He seems to have an engine that just doesn't quit, which is amazing. And you know, last year we were asking Harry Winks to do that, and the truth is that's just not his game. And he, it's it's harsh to sort of go, "Oh, Harry Winks could never do that." Well, it was never supposed to be his game, and and I think Harry Winks is a victim of Spurs not knowing what a si- what system to play their central midfielders as for the last couple of years. Um, but it's great to have Hoiberg in there now. He, there was a lovely really... passage on the right hand side, um, like towards the very end, I think, with Hoiberg, where he was just shoulder to shoulder with Tark- Tarkovsky, and I was thinking he might get brushed off the ball here because obviously Tarkovsky is just a massive <laughs> wedge, you know, wedge, wedge, man. <laughs> wedge of a centre back at the back. Um, but he just kept like bouncing him off and then just played it back, and it was just like, yeah, let's keep the ball for these last few minutes. That's mm. a really good idea. He, he, he does that. He has that ability to take a ball at a really awkward height as well, and just get it back down on the get it back down on the floor, and mm. just recycle possession, which is just such a relief in the middle of midfield, just to take, just siphon out some pressure. I do think it's in- interesting though, Dan, that you've got uh, Ndombele as a as, as someone who would do the transition piece from deeper, because I actually thought when the, the commentator had a bit of a snipe at him when he had that shot where he'd beaten a player and sort of drifted onto the edge of the box and the shot was blocked I really enjoyed that mm. I was like a bit of drive mm. there and, and someone who's prepared to have a go that was sort of that did it for me and I quite like the fact that you could have Hoybia there and Le Celso and Ndombele in front but I suppose for you it's more can we get Le Celso into those advanced positions and maybe Ndombele a little bit behind Well I don't think Le Celso's at a 10 either and I don't think you need one when you've got Kane in mm. the team I just, I just think 
Ndombele is the guy you want wriggling out of those sort of tight holes um, in your own half, which is what Dembele was so good at. But then I also think we saw enough of Ndombele in the final third last season, you know, kind of not least on, on his debut, um, I think, when he scored, to know that he can also be a threat going forward. And, and he, But he can do both. You know, that was always my big problem with Dembele. You know, he, even though he was a deep midfielder, he nowhere near scored enough or assisted enough. He just wasn't at all decisive enough in the final third. And that was a problem with his game. Um, and I think, you know, Pochettino was on record kind of saying he wished he wished he'd got hold of him at, at 19 or whatever yeah. it was. Um, so Ndombele can do both, you know, but you, I think you want him as a, you want him a bit deeper, um, helping to, to break the press, but then you also, you know, want him contributing the final third. But it's going to be great when, when Lucelso is kind of finally fit enough and, and they're trusted to play together. It does almost feel like one or the other at the moment, doesn't it? And mm. It's almost seems like Mourinho's made a conscious choice that it's going to be, you know, one or or, or the other perhaps because of their fitness or perhaps he just doesn't see them as a, a kind of combination he can trust at the moment. Mm. Go on, Hunter, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say I, I loved the, the, even the 10-minute cameo with Lo Celso. I, I, sort of, I don't know why I've forgotten how good he is at just sort of moving the ball and then picking it up and then moving the ball. And I, I, I miss Christian Eriksen, I'm not going to lie. I, I loved the way he played and... and uh, he's a different player, but just that that sort of one who's so comfortable picking up possession, really tight spaces, moving it off two yards to the left, picking it up. And I just think, especially when you're managing a game where you one nil up, and you know the team the team is desperately trying to win the ball back. I thought him and Lamella were absolutely excellent at just keeping keeping the ball in those tight areas up the pitch and and just frustrating Burnley and. and He's he's going to be so vital for Spurs, not just as a starter, but I think in coming on in those games and and sort of just helping manage them. Uh, that was one more good that I just wanted to point out before we move on. The substitutions, like you have to give credit to Mourinho around what the fact that we saw Vinicius and Bale warm up and then both of them sat back down and told get back in your spot <laughs> because we're going to shit house this mm. and and just and just clear this out. I really, really, uh, when when the all said and done and you win the game, you have to look at that and go, look, top substitutions. Lamella puts the ball in from the corner. Mm-hmm. He then went on and, and made an absolute nuisance of himself. La Celso kept things ticking. And then Roden coming on at the end. That's exactly what you want to see mm-hmm. from a Mourinho team. Bring on a six foot three or six foot four, <laughs> whatever it is, centre back. Go to mm-hmm. a three at the back and just make sure you repel any attacks. Um, let's go on to the bad bits. Um, we've done a, a fair amount of formation. I do just want to say, like, honestly, I just don't like Burnley that much. It's <laughs> <They're> just <laughs> so annoying. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that that game, we've seen that game, though, haven't we? Like, I, I'll be honest, I don't watch Burnley that often for, for a very for a reason Why? that's now become... <laughs> I, I mean, look, Sean Dyche, is the, I genuinely believe he's done an absolutely incredible job with what, what he has at his disposure because it's basically like... Dwight McNeil is a brilliant player and then everyone else is just battling um and yeah it's it, it's never a great watch but that that I think that's why it makes it quite sweet when you come away with a victory knowing that we're we're you know in inverted brackets we're soft centered Tottenham and we've managed to Burnley out Burnley the Burnley <laughs> which is which was particularly sweet I'd have to say I also thought like just in terms of um just in terms of the, the the bad stuff from their side, I 
Actually, maybe we'll do this for ugly. Mm. Um, I thought that elbow was a bit grim. I didn't mm. like. I, I think it was one of those ones that could go either way. But I don't I know. I've done those before, though, playing forward, playing football before, and uh, you never meet. I mean, I honestly think you jump with your elbows up, and sometimes you. I accidentally broke a guy's nose, nose on Saturday, so no maybe way. I'm just. Maybe I'm just trying. You to broke a guy's nose. On well, Saturday, I think so. He animal. had to. He had to go off. He was streaming, and he had to cut up the top of his nose. But it was exactly one of those where I have no idea what happened, but. Uh, I've well, clearly before you said take this you <laughs> yeah that was it right yeah. do you know what do you know what the crazy thing was we'd actually had mild handbags before <laughs> so it, did, it didn't look great <laughs> from my part um but yeah complete accident and yeah I, I I don't know I think everyone wants to make something out of everything now I did enjoy Mourinho I did enjoy yeah. Mourinho praising the referee. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> and I mean, and deadpan. Yeah. So completely Absolutely deadpan. deadpan. Yeah. And the way he said, because like, you've got to be very fit to be a referee. Mm. You know, running lots of long balls, running back, couldn't fall. I was like, Jesus, this is incredible. Honestly, it was like scripted. <laughs> it was like scripted stuff. <laughs> Magnificent. Um, but yeah, uh, that, 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 I, I, I'd like to say one of the bad things, and I'm, this is nowhere criticism, but I'm just not sure how Dotty is fitting in thus far. Um, I'm not sure he <sighs> just his effectiveness yesterday and he lost the ball in really dangerous areas and I just sort of wondered is it going to work for you in a back four because he's so used to playing in a in a five or a three um, I was just slightly concerned Hunter do you think because Regulon's come in and been so good that it's almost shone a little bit of a light on, on the other three yeah, I mean, in a in a sense, yes. Uh, you know, I think f- we all know why Ben Davis was playing yesterday, and it and it worked, right? But we lost a lot of attacking verve, and we know why Serge Aurier wasn't playing because of those free kicks that we can't afford to that he's refused to iron out of his game. So, I you know, I still don't actually, I don't think I've seen Dotti enough for um, for any judgment on his uh, on whether he's going to be a, a fixture in this team. But um, and there is has been questions about whether he's had a, a full preseason because he definitely missed quite a lot, right? Um, yeah, he came in late on, didn't he? So look, I'm not, I'm not, you know, shining a light on him as a, as a underperformer. I'm just slightly worried about whether he works in a back four. That's that's my uh, my concern. Jude, what did you make of the fullbacks uh, last night, just in terms of overall performance? Um. They were they were fine. I think they mm, they were okay. I thought um, with Sissoko playing, it might have given Doherty a bit more of a license to get forward, like um, like you know the game plan we've had for a few seasons now, which is Sissoko and Aurea on the right. Um, but obviously, it is Burnley as well, so that was never really going to happen. Um, yeah, I, I think Ben Davis is just start. Should just be our Europa League left back, and. Like we were so devoid of any threat from him going down the left, it was it was tricky. I know, like getting down to the byline and swinging balls in against Burnley maybe isn't the best uh, tactic, seeing as you know the centre backs are about six ten each. Um, but yeah, it really did subtract from. But you Spurs can threat. you can turn you can turn them though, can't you? That's the thing that that 
that I found a little bit frustrating last night is that Burnley obviously play with a very narrow back four. Mm. So they don't really mm-hmm. push their left back or their right back outside of the 18-yard box in terms of their structure. So therefore, they're quite happy for you to have the ball in wide areas, which means that your full-backs need to be delivering good crosses. That was one thing that I thought was a little bit ugly last night. The crossing from both Dotty and Davis was, was, was quite poor. Davis overhitting and Dotty underhitting a lot actually. Davis overhitting like will be written on his on his grave. I have to say, yeah. <laughs> Ben um, Davis o- overhit everything. He loved this play. I got a simple Ben. He did overhit them. Um, he, but but defensively, and I think you know this is where why Marino played him. He made two or three really important blocks and a couple of headers that he won that were again. I I think Mourinho is protecting Regulon from what could be a very physical. You know, he's not a massively tall, imposing guy, and he might look if he plays a a slightly smaller left-sided Spanish guy who's never played against Burnley before. They might just go right, Chris Wood, go and stand at the (laughs) at the back post, and we'll try and hit you whenever we can. With Ben Davis, that, that you know, he's much more. You know, why he's wiser to the way the ways that he's played Burnley hundreds of times now. You know, um, so I just understand, I understand that. Well, tens, yeah. You know, in football, tens feels like hundreds, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last night certainly felt like hundreds and hundreds of minutes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've got no problem with with Davis last night. I, I think that's why I think it actually makes sense. But but as Dan said, we are then saying. We'll we'll change our team to fit you rather than we're the better footballing side and we'll come out and just try to play our football. But you know, those are the like that's the balance that we're still finding. Well, I think the, been the ugly for me then. is very much a sorry, mate. Is is very much a hypothetical, really. I, I just hope that Mourinho has not been scarred and and got jittery by the end against West Ham because. It wouldn't be completely out of character. I mean, he has been known to, to really be affected by sort of terrible defensive performances. Um, if you even think back to Tottenham, Mauricio Pochettino's Tottenham beating his Chelsea side 5-3 on New Year's Day in, I think, 2015. And for the rest of the season, Mourinho just kind of shut up shop and ground out wins to get Chelsea over the line for the title. You know, he's, he has history of being really adversely affected by really open defensive performances. And I think... Last night wasn't particularly out of character, but I just hope this isn't him saying, well, you know what, we we, we are great going forward, but I don't like the way we're defending, so I'm going to be a bit more measured in it. And, and you know, hence there's all the talk about balance. I, I just hope this isn't a sign of putting the handbrake on, on Kane and Son and Ndombele and, and Bale, <laughs> because I think that would be a shame. And I think, you know, as we've already touched upon, um, Spurs really could have played to their own strengths more last night with you know Son and Kane in the form they're in, and you know with Bale potentially coming into it. But you know e- even the, the substitution he made, which was fairly proactive and made a difference, Lamella for Lucas was still I think fundamentally a quite conservative one. You know it was someone who was going to kind of press and, and battle and, and shit house a little bit <laughs> rather than someone who like Bale was kind of more likely to produce something from nothing. I mean, mm. it worked, don't get me wrong. And as I said, it was it was such a satisfying win. But I just hope this isn't the sign of um, of, of Mourinho being a little bit more cautious, um, which I think we can all agree would kind of reflect the wider pattern of the Premier League as well. You know, everyone 
got jittery this weekend <laughs> because it was so wild and was like, you know what, we're we're going defence first and Spurs are no different. Yeah. Um I just I would be saddened if that was a, mm. a running theme from, from this point on. Mm. Do, do you think they have to earn it a little bit? Do you reckon that's almost a message that the the team have to sort of almost building blocks again, slowly build their way yeah. up? Yeah, I think exactly that. I think it's it's about them showing Mourinho he can trust them to play to their strengths. I think I think a big a big part of it is them showing that when they do attack, you know, and, and he gives them he takes the brakes off and he gives them kind of license to go forward. They they're not making stupid mistakes at the back, and, and I don't. And I think to be fair, you know, they haven't shown that yet, and I, and you know, they had they had a good opportunity against West Ham to just kind of see it out. Mm. Um, and spectacularly failed. So I think they will have to earn that right to to kind of play, yeah, play with with fewer restraints. Should we do the the beautiful bits? Because I've got a list as long as my arm here, but none of them are really on the pitch. Sorry, Gone Hunter, did you have a? I just, just want to say I feel sorry for Burnley fans having to watch that every week. And I know none of them will be <laughs> listening today. But I just, as the game ended, I thought that's how they. That's how they play. And sometimes you'll get a lovely performance from Dwight McNeil, but I just thought, God, I hope they get relegated. <laughs> they won't because it's such an effective <laughs> it's such an effective tactic. Um but I just thought, oh God, it's just But they I, love it. I, I think they absolutely love it. Did yeah. <laughs> I just can't imagine they got a point or three last night. They'd yeah, absolutely yeah. Of course, loved it of in course. The same way that... I guess yeah, but, look, but maybe that's stuck up of me. Like, <laughs> when did you at any point when you're watching it have mm. that feeling of like Burnley haven't got the ball at all here? Mm. If I was a Burnley fan, I'd be sitting there bricking it that at any moment we can concede. That at any moment like a ball into the box or whatever or or just one pass and it could be the end of their night. Probably you know not. What I mean? Less so last night because I just felt that that they were so comfortable for large periods and it just felt, I, you know, it was a non-event, wasn't it really? Like, like, like you've all said this weekend, everyone sort of decided that they were going to stick the handbrake on goals and try and defend for the first time in six weeks. And it, it led to some pretty turgid games. <laughs> well, let's look, chuck this out there. Look, everyone else other than Liverpool in our immediate group dropped points. In the, in the people that we're looking at and are saying like oh that that they're someone that we would we would watch on and be troubled by mm. drop points so I think that's massive and yeah if it wasn't for a very very sketchy handball decision we're sitting alongside them so <laughs> roll, roll on that that rule's gone now as well isn't it yeah it's mental <laughs> absolutely, it's absolutely brilliant mental. stuff <laughs> so roll on Brighton next Sunday let's do the, let's do the beautiful bits I'm. Mm. Um, uh, like I've I've got loads, but I'll let you go first, Jude. Is there anything that you saw that really revved your engine? The little bit where you could see Sonny going, "Did you get the assist to Harry Kane?" Yeah, and I've I've written it in my notebook, and I've written it with a little heart. Just melted cold hearts. Just because that was the one thing that sort of made me feel warm, having spent the night at a freezing cold annex and walking home, and that as well. Um, just seeing those two play well together again and the joy being so evident on Sonny's face was just lovely <laughs> in slow-mo as well that like that yeah. uh, just, like, eyes closed 
honestly <laughs> that's so that's, that's my highlight of 2020 i have to say <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> it was a beautiful moment um and and you can see that in me that what i love is that you can see they're clearly aware of the sort of records that are being broken and they're aware of wanting and what i really enjoyed is that they clearly really want to push on and break those sort of assist whatever link up records i'm not even sure what they're called um mm. And they're not what was it Didier and Didier and Frank Lampard are on thirty six and they're on twenty nine now, which is level with Perez and Omri and a uh, couple of others, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, look, it's become one of the best in world football, and plenty of people have been giving it giving it the praise that it deserves because Harry Kane is a f- uh, just one of the best passers of the ball in world football. I love that this season he's gone. No, I've done the scoring. Now I'm going to become the best assist of this league, Scott, because Kevin De Bruyne is out injured. So, yeah, no, it was absolutely beautiful, and and it was it felt I have to say it felt so good scoring a goal like that against Burnley because they just almost scored a similar goal about a minute before. So yeah, it was a beautiful did feeling. Did you see? Do you see that uh, someone averaged out what Harry Kane's done over the first six games? He said if he carries on like that. He'll score 31 goals and get 50 assists this season. I mean, that is just absolutely obscene. One of the other things, Hunter, I think you're spot on, is that because people are because people are actually talking about that side of Harry Kane's game, it's no longer a case of like, oh, I need to always score to get the credit. I need to constantly be the guy scoring so that people will re- remember that Harry Kane's one of the best players in the world. I think now that people are actually giving him more and more credit for that partnership, we're probably going to see it get even better. We're going to see them almost do what Man City did three years ago Mm. when they get into really good positions, be like, what is the percentage play here that ensures that we definitely, definitely score? And if Sonny's in a great position and is just going to tap a ball in, Harry Kane's not going to take on a a 10, 15% chance like we've seen them both do in the past. And they've both been guilty of it. They start looking for each other in those really, really good areas, which is a, a phenomenally sweet spot to be in. Um, and I think you definitely saw that with the with the celebration. But what we also saw was Harry Kane's awareness at the other end, which mm. was phenomenal. I don't know, Dan, whether that was something you got as much joy from as I did, but seeing him peel off and then drop onto the line and just clear that was just... It was so good to Yeah, work. I mean, there's, there was a lot of chat afterwards about again, I think for the second league game running about Harry Kane effectively being the best defender <laughs> Spurs have as well as the best attacker. And there's probably something in it. Mm. Yeah, he's just, you know, what, what more can you say really? He's just, he's just the, the kind of Spurs goat, isn't he? He's just always <laughs> in the right place at the right time, seemingly. Um, but it, yeah, it, it did, it did underline the fine margins of that game and, and the, the kind of risk, I think, of, of playing that approach and not going for the jugular. You know, you, you, if you contain against Burnley, you do leave yourself susceptible to them nicking one at a set-piece. And in the end, it was Spurs and nick one for a set-piece. And I do think that was down to, you know, Kane's supreme quality in mm. both boxes, ultimately. I did, I did also have a niche one where he sort of, he went to hit a pass and hit the referee... And it was going straight to Tarkovsky, and all the Burnley players were absolutely outraged <laughs> that it was a drop ball for. And he just, Harry Kane, just sort of walked over and snatched the ball and went, "Yeah, of course it's ours. Put it down and just played on." I was like, "That is, that is great. That confidence, just be like, yeah, I meant to do that. Come on, play on." Yeah. 
Everyone, what's what's the big deal? Also, he made that um, he made that block in the ninety third minute mm. where he sort of ran and just sort of put in a it was a kind of half oh, slide yeah. tackle, half I block. If I missed that, I must have been filing my copy. It was it was so it was just it was near the halfway the line. Yeah, yeah. Um, Go but on. but it was just like it just took all the pressure. I think that was. 10 seconds before the end of the game they've got one more chance they've pushed the centre backs up and I think it's Lulton has a has a chance to lump it forward and came out of nowhere does like a 30 yard sprint and then just dives full body in front of it and just hits him goes off and then that's full time but that's what you need your striker to be doing I, I love that we can rest him on Thursdays now if we need to if we feel like we need to it's such like a and that's what you'll get from him you get a Harry Kane that can run hard for 90 minutes uh, and doesn't look leggy, and it doesn't. You know, it's always a bit awkward because you can't bring him off. You shouldn't bring him off, but we really should bring him off at times. Um, <laughs> but and uh, and the, yeah, and, and Vinicius allows that. And it, do you know what? I'm, while we're on this hype train, it's really annoying me that everyone keeps going like Harry Kane just slowed down so much. What are you talking about? <laughs> Harry Kane is not slow, like. He's not sl- like people sleep on his. I'm not saying he's electric. He's not Regulon, mm. but he's not slow. And I think people just uh, have this assumption that because he's dropping into pockets that he's massively slowed down. I think Kara and Neville both pointed it out yesterday. It's just not the case. Like if you watch him on a counter attack, he's still got the same amount of pace that he had before. He's got decent a decent switch of pace, um, and he and he's. And he's still got it just fine. Like mm. I, I could not be happy with him. And I think the the fact that now you'll see Bale and Vinicius play uh, on on Thursday, and we don't have to worry about him, and he can just chill. I think it was the first time since 2018 that Harry Kane has sat on the bench. This was last week in Europa League. Mm. He sat on the bench and been an unused substitute. I mean, Lovely. what a dream! What yeah. a dream that is. And um, one more beautiful that I wanted to chuck out to the mix. Ryan Mason tweeting <laughs> about Eric Lamella's challenge and then Eric Lamella at 3am retweeting it and saying, of course it was a perfect <laughs> was challenge. <laughs> what a bloody legend. 3am and he continues, like as if, as if he hasn't trolled enough people with, with his performance in that game. 3am, still ready to put the boot in. Like, and, and for that... Not just for the tweeting at 3am, mm. but for his performance when he comes on in those sorts of games, I think he is a wonderful, wonderful option. And there is this kind of cult status that goes with him and everyone's sort of like calling him the greatest of all time, etc. <laughs> it's great he to He is still such an effective option in a game yeah. where you want a little bit of something different and someone who can close something out. A little bit of bite as well. Like that. It's annoying. Those players are annoying. It's not, it's, you know, it's, as long as the game's been going, there's been players like that who you bring on to just rile up the opposition and to just sort of... And it, he's so good on the ball that it, you so, he has such a effective sort of way of playing in those final 10, 15 minutes that you can sort of just go, all right, Eric, on you go and just sort of run around. He'll do a, <laughs> The tackle on Dwight McNeil is, is punchy. Let's call it, uh, <laughs> and then and then stealing the water bottle from her physio. It's oh, just like all oh. of those moments. <laughs> in my exactly. Vein. It oh just my it relaxes. It relaxes you as a fan. It's like yeah, he's got this. 
Eric's got this. Rather, sadly, though, I think all of those reasons that yeah. make him so effective when he comes on are probably all of the reasons that we don't want him to start. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The, the fact that he comes on, slows things down, and takes a lot of touches, and kind of maybe gets into scraps and pickles and stuff. It's like, well, we don't really want that from minute one. But minute 70 onwards, mm. living the dream. Get in there, Eric. Was there any other, was there any other bits that... Um, Stuck out for people. I think seeing Regulon as well saying "I love you" to Hoybier on Twitter was quite nice. <laughs> quite, I'm quite enjoying this kind of camaraderie that everyone's clearly got together. Yeah, I'm. I'm uh, uh, you know, the when Madrid won at the weekend, all I all I kept thinking was, "Oh no, uh, oh no, sorry." I, this is brilliant. We need them to start winning because they, you know, there was there's already noises that people aren't happy with Zidane. I was like, "No, you can't," because you can't have him back. He's ours now, and we need him. We need him to be <laughs> fully coised by the end of the year for, for when uh, Madrid, no doubt, comes sniffing. Well, look, he seems to love it. Imagine if he just rejected going back. That would be a massive that cult be hero. That really oh. would set him as cult hero oh. status. Yeah, world class. Well, look, actually, more than anything, I think we'll end with the way that we started. Three points. Mm. glad we've got it on the board another three points and hopefully now we can go into a couple of big games in the Europa League and then against Brighton on Sunday Yeah, just carrying that momentum um, thanks so much for joining us everyone um, make sure you do follow everyone on Twitter and make sure that you subscribe to the pod if you haven't already leave us a review, would be very much appreciated four stars plus only no messing around <laughs> let's, let's not, think not about us like about a nice here. Uber driver exactly <laughs> compliments on the chat yeah exactly great chat um, yeah and uh, make sure you join us next week when we'll be breaking down the Europa League and the Brighton game so we'll see you all then sick of being upsold at gyms my guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.